Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. We don't have words enough to describe who you are. Father, we don't have words to describe the love that you have towards us. The heavenly angels wonder why you are so mindful of us. Lord, we don't have enough words to describe who you are and the love you have for us. All we can say to you is what will come from our hearts. All we can say is a song that emanates from our hearts. Lord, we thank you this evening for making way for us, so oh God, to be here. To give, for giving us the freedom to serve you. For giving us the ears to hear your word. The eyes to see. Lord, we are thankful. We are grateful. Let the Spirit of God minister to us this evening. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And um, this evening, we want to go back to the message that we were sharing several weeks ago about fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. The brother was in the spirit. (laughs) Now, um, we started sharing this message for a few weeks and we had to pause when we took on with our feeding 527. And I was blessed during the time, the season of the feeding 527. I'm not sure about your level of blessing, but um, I am hoping that one day I will go back to that book and share some wonderful things with you again. It's a great book, but I encourage you to finish reading it and meditate on the words that are in the book and God will speak to you. Wonderful. How many of you were amazed some of the things that you were sharing from the book? You see, when you read a book, you ought to meditate on the book and allow the words in the book to become spirit. Hallelujah. And the books, they are not ordinary books. Amen. I said they are not ordinary books. They are books that are transforming lives, books that are transforming churches, books that are transforming relationships. And allow allow them to work in your life also. Anyway, so fight the good fight of faith. I'm not sure how many of you remember this message, but um, we, uh, we began sharing in this message. Why don't we read some of our foundational scriptures in this? Let's see if we can sort of bring ourselves to part so that we can continue with the message. So 2 Timothy 
2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I remember sharing with you that there are different kinds of fights. There are different types of fights. We talk about fighting as a profession, boxers fight. And the, the intention is to harm the opponent so that they will be the winners. So when they're able to hit you so hard that you fall and you can't get up again, then they are the winners. That is a type of fight. We also talk about political fight. In this country, there is a political fight going on right now. And um, it's not pleasant sometimes. We also talk about economic fight, economic battles. We talk about economic fights where you find yourself fighting to stay on top. Financial battles that we have to fight to survive. Amen. Amen. We also talk about fight among married couples. Fight among married couples. Husband and wife fighting. Amen. It's also another type of fight. And we often realize that um, such fight, you know, the women always win. Because such fight, they fight with words. And um, women have words. They have words to fight. They have words to win. So whenever you are in a fight like that, you don't make any effort. You just give up. Lift up your hands. And surrender quickly. We also talk about fight for human rights. People fight for hungry children worldwide. There are people also who are fighting for gay rights. They're fighting that a man can marry a man. And uh, a woman can marry a woman. Recently, I, um, <laughs> I don't know if I should say it. Because I tell you that the preaching goes very far. Amen. The preaching goes very far. No. But somebody's um <laughs> What a shock. All right, I'll tell you at the end of the preaching. I'll tell you at the end of the preaching. <laughs> I'll tell you at the end of the preaching when we when we are done with the with the preaching I'll share with you. Amen. Yeah, people are fighting to have the right a man to marry a man or a woman to marry a woman. And um, there is something that... <laughs> and there is also physical fight. People use strength to resolve issues. That is also a type of fight. 
you find, we, we talk about fight that people fight, they take off their clothes. You find women take off their clothes to see how serious the fight is. Hallelujah. Now, we said that all these kinds of fight are types of fight that you usually will find no winner, a true winner. Oftentimes, you will find out that at the end of the fight, both opponents are hurt, especially with um, marital fights. When couples fight, they will leave scars all the time, and scars which sometimes can be permanent. Amen. Amen. Scars which can never be healed, or wounds that can never be healed, and it takes the grace of God for such wounds to be healed. Hallelujah. Now, these are all kinds of fight. But there is a particular kind of fight that we talk about, which God wants us to fight. And he says, I have fought a good fight. There is a good fight. There is a type of fight which is a good fight. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now, this fight, God describes it as a good fight. And at the end of the fight, when you finish the course of the fight, when you have fought and you are done, what will be left with you is that you will still keep the faith. Amen. 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 And it's a good fight. Hallelujah. Amen. One other scripture we read was 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Do you remember all these things that I'm sharing with you? He says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Fight a good fight of faith. Fight a good fight of faith. So you realize there are fights that are not good. If God is describing a particular fight as good, then all the other fights that we are talking about, they are not good fights. They are not worth fighting it. Amen. But it says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. And lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. Now that sounds like someone wants to take eternal life from you. Do you understand? And it takes a fight to keep it. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Grasp onto the eternal life. Lay hold on as if all of your life depends on it. Because it is something that can be taken away from you. Someone is constantly making effort to take that life away from you. So it says, lay hold on eternal life. Amen. Amen. There are certain fights that you don't, you, when you encounter them, you have to run away. You have to just give up and run away. There are certain fights that you don't have to resist and you don't have to show that you are strong. Do you remember I gave you a scripture called two by two? You remember the two by two scripture? What is a two by two scripture? I shared a lot of things. Second Timothy 2, chapter 2, verse 22. Don't, don't forget, young people, don't forget this scripture. Amen. Don't forget this scripture. 2 Timothy 2, verse chapter 2 and 22. It says, 
flee also youthful lust. You see, this type of fight, we don't put up with it. We don't say, I'm a strong Christian. The Bible says there's a good fight that you have to fight. There are certain fights you have to flee. Such as youthful lust. You have hormones. Youth, you have hormones. Amen. It makes your body feel certain way. It gives you certain types of feelings. And it drives you to do certain things. Now the Bible says, flee also youthful lust. Flee youthful lust. You know, you don't put yourself in a situation and say, I can fight it. The way I am, when this thing comes, I can fight it. There are certain young women, you see, a young man always giving you compliments. Giving you compliments. And he likes you. You know he likes you. You know the way he looks at you. He likes you. Giving you compliments. Buying you gifts. Buying you things. Taking you to lunch. Buying you air tickets. Fly here. Giving you things. Doing things for you. Doing things for you. So you see, you get attracted to the thing. You get a, and you say, oh, I don't like him. I don't like him. Isn't that so? You say, I don't like him. And then you see, with time, then you come to like the things that he's giving you. You come to like it. So very soon, you are walking around and then he will hit your buttocks a little bit. You say, oh, stop that, stop that. But you see, you don't want to be angry because you like the things that, you like the compliments, you like the things that he's giving you. So he starts, you know, touching you certain areas. Can I show you how? Amen. I can only show you with my wife. Amen. So youthful last. You see, so you say, I don't like him. I don't like him. You know, and then you, sometimes you purpose in your heart, you say, no matter what he does, he can never get me. Isn't that what we say? He can never get me. But you are enjoying, you are enjoying. You see, that the Bible says it's not the fight where the way I am, the way, the type of Christian that I am, nothing like this. I will never be involved in something like this. The way I am. Look, the Bible says, flee also youthful lust. Flee youthful lust. When you're having that experience, the Bible says, run away. It says, can a man carry fire in his bosom and not burn? The children are here, so I cannot share a lot of other things. Amen. Don't stay and enjoy and say that I'm a tough Christian. I'm a tough Christian. I, I can resist. I can fight it. It is not a good fight. It's not the type of fight that is worth fighting. Hallelujah. You have to run away quickly. Amen. So we, we gave you three reasons why a fight is a good fight. We went through three reasons why a fight is a good fight. And we say, the fight is a good fight because you will win. God is giving you a fight to fight, and that fight is good because you will win. You will come out victorious. Hallelujah. It's never worth fighting a fight that you will lose. 
And we said that even lawyers, they don't take a case that they will lose. When they see that they will lose, they don't want to go to court with that case. They want to settle it. Amen. Amen. Now we say number two, a fight is a good fight because it will cause you no harm. At the end of the fight, you will not have any harm. Amen. Amen. If God is encouraging us to fight a fight, then it will not cause us harm. We should fight it and it will not cause us harm. It's not a bad fight. Hallelujah. It's not a bad fight. Then we said a fight is a good fight because there is a good price. It is a good fight when there is a good price. Do you remember that? I want to just touch with you so you can remember all these things that we shared. And we shared so many things on these points. Hallelujah. Fight a good fight. And then we went through the reasons why we must fight the good fight. Reasons why we must fight the good fight. Hallelujah. We said, number one, to achieve success and victory in the faith. To achieve success and victory in the faith. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Lay hold of eternal life. So someone is making effort to take eternal life from you. Someone is constantly battling you. The very day that you give your life to Christ, there is an enemy that was set to take that life away from you. Amen. The enemy wants to take your faith away. Hallelujah. It means that if you don't lay hold on the faith, it will be taken away. If you don't make every effort to lay hold on the faith, it will be taken away. So it, it, it sounds as if you are constantly in a fight. You are always fighting to keep the faith. Otherwise, it will be taken away from you. Hallelujah. Amen. So it is a relentless fight. Hallelujah. It's a relentless fight. Now we said also that it is not everyone that the enemy can take this faith or eternal life away from. Do you understand? The enemy knows who he can take the fight, the faith from. He targets people that he can take the faith from. It's not everyone that the enemy can take the faith from. We read a scripture in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. And I was reading, I was going over this scripture today. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Can you read from the message version, please? It says, 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. It says, keep a cool head. I like that. It says, keep a cool head. As a Christian, keep a cool head. Stay alert. Stay alert. The devil is poised. Do you understand? The devil is poised. And he's ready to pounce. And would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Do you understand? So the enemy, he's not looking for people who are awake, who are late. He's not looking for Tuesday service attendees. He's not looking for people who are doing their quiet time every day. The enemy is not looking for people who attend prayer meetings, online prayer meetings, online prayer meetings, evangelism. That is not the kind of people, turning point you are, that is not the kind of person the enemy is looking for. 
He says that keep a cool head, stay alert. The devil is poised. He is poised. Do you understand what that means? It means he's ready. He's alert. And what, what is he waiting for? He says he would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Some of you, you come to church and you are napping in church. You, you are napping in the church. You have no idea the enemy is just waiting for the one who is napping. Amen. Verse 9, he says, keep your guard up. You are not the only one plunged into these hard times. It's the same with Christians all over the world. Every Christian. You see, no one is an exemption. It's the same with Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on what? On the faith. Keep a firm grip on the faith. Hold it tightly. Hold the faith tightly. Amen. Keep a firm grip on the faith. And verse 10, it says, The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before this generous God who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans, they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. Oh, wow. I love this scripture. God will have you put together. I said, God, look, your life looks as if you are, but God will have you put together. Amen. He will have you, your your eternal father, the generous God, who has great plans for us. He has great plans for us in Christ. He says that he will have you put together and on your feet, not for just two days, not for three days, but for good. Hallelujah. But for good. He says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, he's like a roaring lion. He's like a roaring lion. He's just looking for the one who is napping. The one who he can devour. And verse 11, on that scripture, he says, he says, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And the King James, uh, the, the message version says, he says, he gets the last word. Your God, he gets the last word. Yes, he does. He gets the last word. Always. God gets the last word. No matter which direction the enemy comes, God always gets the last word. Hallelujah. Always, he gets the last word. Amen. So you realize, as we were teaching, that the easiest opponent or the easiest opponent for the enemy is the one who is napping. Hallelujah. He's the one that he's looking for. The enemy is not looking for the one who is in the midst of the group. He's looking for the one who is napping. Hallelujah. Now, it looks as if some of you, you don't even know that this is a fight. That the Christian walk is a fight. You are not aware that this is a fight. Hallelujah. And so, if anything comes your way and you are not able to be involved with the group, you think it is normal. You think, oh, it is ordinary. But you see, that moment, the enemy is ready to pounce on you. He's ready to pounce on you. I think when we're sharing this message, I encourage you to watch the wildlife 
go to YouTube. I think one of, one of the sisters provided us with that video. We will see it again so that you'll remember what I'm sharing with you. And that is how the enemy is. When, the, when, when you find a herd of deer, you find them together, you realize that the enemy is not able to attack them. The enemy, even the baby one that is with them, the enemy will not make an effort to attack them. You see, the enemy will just stay poised and waiting patiently. And he will not even move. And he will make all the environment, everything around look so calm. As if there's no danger around. As if everything is okay. As if everything is normal. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So you see, you are not, you, you, you are just choosing to say, oh, today I don't feel like coming on a prayer line. I just want to do this. It looks as if, oh, it's just one day that I'm not coming on a prayer line. It looks as, oh, it's just this today that I have chosen Sunday to do my grocery. It is just today that I have chosen to just do my laundry or to do my cooking. It's just one day, just one Sunday. It's, it looks as if it is normal and there is no harm. Do you understand? And so when the animals are together like that, and one of them, you know, sees that the place is so cool, the wind is blowing quietly, the leaves are just moving gently, the water is still, it doesn't look like there's any harm around. And so you decide to just stray away, just grazing the grass, you know, grazing the grass and grazing the grass, and you just keep on grazing. And you know that the group is always there. As for church, it's always there. I can always go. Next Sunday is there. I can go. Tuesday service, I couldn't make it this Sunday. Tuesday, I'll make it. So there will be a, always there will be a turning point. There will be another turning point. There will be another all-night prayer meeting. You see, so you are grazing the grass, and then you look, and then you see the group is there. I can always come back if I want to. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? I can always come back if I want to. And so you keep on grazing. And then if you watch them, I want you to watch that video very well. If you watch them, as they're grazing, they lift up their heads to see that the group is there. Lighthouse is still there. Church is still there. Reverend Bright is still in the bronze now. You know, my friends are still there. So I can always come back. I can always be there. And then you keep on grazing and keep on grazing. I, I, you didn't come. And the enemy is watching. And the enemy is watching. And the enemy is watching. As you are doing your laundry, the enemy is watching you. As you are doing your grocery, the enemy is watching you. He's just following gently, just watching you. He looks at the group they have met. The group is together. He cannot attack them. But this one, who didn't come, this one who is doing his laundry, this one who is doing the overtime, this one who is doing his grocery, then he focuses on that one. And then he pounce on you. A lot of people, the day they don't come for a service or they don't attend a church service is the day that they sin. A lot of people. The day they don't attend service is the day that they sin. Amen. The day they don't come for prayer meeting, you will find them in some serious trouble. We are having all night prayer meeting and they are not here. You will be amazed what they are doing. I'm telling you. Amen. So it looks so benign. It looks so benign. Oh, I just fought with my wife. Oh, I fought with my husband, and I'm not coming to church this Sunday. 
It looks like it's one of those things that happen to married couples. That when we fight, you know, the days that we fight, I don't feel like going to church. I just thought, I don't feel like singing. And when I come to church, they will ask me to sing, so I'm not coming. I don't feel like this. I don't feel like... So it looks so benign, but you have no idea that the enemy is just poisoning you. It's his ways to separate you. It looks like it's just benign fight with your husband, benign fight with your wife, for which you didn't come. But the enemy is just separating you. And when you are far from the group, when the group cannot come to rescue you, then he will pounce on you. He will pounce on you. Hallelujah. He will pounce on you. So you realize that the only one that the enemy will focus on is the one who will separate himself from the group. And so we were sharing that when the enemy pounces on you and you look and you want to run back, it is usually too late. It is usually too late. You see that the deer is running back to join the group, but he has gone too far. He has gone too far. By the time he realizes, there are about five lions that have surrounded him, and there is no coming back. Hallelujah. And they will devour you. He says that your enemy, like a roaring lion, he will devour you. You'll be his lunch. Amen. I say you'll be his lunch. Hallelujah. So fight a good fight. Fight a good fight. Lay hold of eternal life. Lay hold of eternal life. You have to grasp it. You have to hold on to it. The enemy is doing everything to take the faith away from you. Hallelujah. Many strong Christians backslide just because they just stray. Stray. Amen. They just stray. Hallelujah. Lay hold on eternal life. Number two reason why we must fight a good fight is that we fight for the things God has given to us in his word. The promises that God has given to us in his word. We are summarizing the scriptures and the messages that we have shared. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? We are just summarizing. So um, we will come to where we left off. And so we said, fight for the things God has given you in his word. Fight for the things God has given you in his word. The promises that God has given us, we ought to fight for them. Hallelujah. One of the things that God has given us in his word is prosperity. God has promised us that we will prosper. Hallelujah. How many of you understand that God wants you to prosper? Serving God will never cause you to be poor. It will never cause you to be sick. But you need to lay hold on eternal life. You need to lay hold on the faith. Hallelujah. It is one of the things that God has given us. Third John, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things. It says, I wish above all things. So, when someone says, I wish above all things, it means that if I have a wish list, that is what is above. Isn't that so? It means above all the things that I wish for. I says, I wish above all things that thou mayest what? Prosper and be in what? And be in health. You being healthy. It is God's priority. It is God's top list, his wish list. It is on top that you will prosper as a Christian. He says, I wish above all things that you will prosper and be in health. Amen. 
Now, this is something that God has promised us. And we need to fight to keep it. God has promised us prosperity. And I shared so many things about prosperity with you. I want you to go over your notes and remember them. And I said that historically, anyone who has followed God faithfully was a prosperous person. Hallelujah. We talk about several people who followed God. We talk about Abraham. We talk about Isaac. We talk about Jacob. We talk about Job. We talk about David. We talk about Daniel. These were prosperous people. And they followed God faithfully. Hallelujah. They didn't follow God wishy-washy. Like the way you don't take your fight with this as if it is. You know, some of you, the way you even attend church services, you don't even know that this is a fight. It doesn't look like it's a fight to you. The way when you are not able to come, it is so casual. You know, you are not able to come to church and it doesn't look to you like you are missing something. You are not able to come on a prayer meeting and it doesn't look like you are missing something. You are not able to attend a turning point service. It doesn't look like you are missing something. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it looks so casual to you. It doesn't look like it's a fight. You are putting up a fight. Amen. Amen. But it is a fight. Hallelujah. I say it is a fight. Amen. There is a group of people that God promised things to. Now, when God promises us things, it doesn't mean that they will come automatically. If you are a Christian, it doesn't mean that you'll be prosperous automatically. That you give your life to Christ, so you are a prosperous person. Hallelujah. So, even though prophecies may be prophesied over your life, if you don't fight to keep the faith, you will not prosper. You will not experience the promises of God. So it does not matter how, how much of laying hands we lay on you. If you don't fight to keep the faith, you will not prosper. You will not do well in the thing that you are expecting from God. Hallelujah. Amen. We read a scripture in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 3. I want to read this quickly with you. Hebrews chapter 3. See, he says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who had built the house had more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that builds all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we? If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the day of provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work 40 years. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He says that your fathers tempted me, 
prove me. And they saw my works. How many years? 40 years. They saw the works of God. They saw how God parted the oceans for them. They saw how God took them through the wilderness. They saw how God made water when there was no water. They saw how God fed them when there was no food from anywhere. They saw how God kept them not changing clothes or shoes for 40 years. Amen. He said that they tempted me and they saw my works. They saw my works for 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. Amen. So you see, you can see great works by the Lord. You can see God doing mighty works. Look, the days of Jesus, they saw mighty works. They saw him doing mighty works. You can see God doing mighty works in your life or mighty works in someone's life, but you ought to fight to keep the faith. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He said that they saw my works for 40 years. All the great works for 40 years. How I delivered them. He says, he's a God that took one nation out of another nation. Have you seen that before? He would take a whole nation out of another nation and take them out. He said, I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Now, do you see, I want you to pay attention that they saw great works. But God is saying that they will not enter into my rest. And I, we are arriving at why they will not enter into his rest. He says, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Be careful that there will be an evil heart of unbelief. When you do not believe, you have an evil heart. And sometimes our behavior shows that we do not believe. Sometimes the thing that we do is as if even God does not see or God is not there. He says it's an unbelief. It's an evil heart. He says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? God is asking, who were the people that he was grieved for 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned? Whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear ye, swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. To them that believe not. Those who did not believe, they were the ones that he swore that they would not enter into his rest. To them that believe not. Amen. Not to them that committed fornication. Not to them that told lies. Not to them that stole. Not to them that committed murder. But to them that did not believe. They are the ones that did not enter into his rest. Look, you have to pray for faith. You have to pray for faith. There are certain sins that you can, you, 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 you ask for forgiveness for, 
you send, you ask for forgiveness for. For faith, you have to have faith. You have to fight for faith. You have to pray for faith. You, you have to do everything you can to keep your faith. Amen. He says, so we see that they could not enter in, in because of unbelief. That is why. They could not enter in because of unbelief. They could not enter into the promises of God because they did not believe. So they saw all the mighty works, but they did not believe. And I'm telling you that it is not ordinary. There is someone who is at war with you to take the faith from you, to make you not believe, to make it look like, oh, it is just ordinary, to make it look like it is nothing. Someone, no matter what you see, you are always at risk of losing your faith. He said, they saw my works, mighty works, for 40 years. Amen. Amen. They saw my works for 40 years, and they did not believe. Amen. Amen. So you need to fight on for the promises that God has given you. You need to fight on. It is a fight that you have to take on every day. Every day that you are coming to church, there is something that will prevent you from coming. There is something, a, a lot of reasons that will come to you to prevent you. Any time that you pick your Bible to read, there will be a million things that will come for you for not to read your Bible. There will be phone calls that will come in that will make you put your Bible down. Now that we have all these kinds of electronics, any time you open your Bible to read, there will be a pop-up, something that will pop-up that will take you to Facebook. Something that will pop-up that will take you to WhatsApp. Something that will pop up that will take you to your email. Oh, I didn't check this email. You see, it looks so ordinary. Let me check it quickly and come back to... Let me respond to this quickly and come back and do my... By the time you realize you have checked 10 emails and you're quite time over, you have to get up and go. And it looks so ordinary. Amen. I say it looks so ordinary. And it looks like, oh, I'll make up when I come back. You will not make up anything up. When you come from work, you will not read your Bible. Amen. I say, any time that you are doing anything to keep the faith, something will come to fight it. Hallelujah. Something will come to fight it. Anytime you decide that you are taking your work with God seriously, a lot of things come, a lot of things come your way. A lot of things come your way. The, the time that you decide to take your work with God seriously, that is when your boyfriend wants to now sleep with you. Your, your girlfriend now is calling you that I've changed my mind about what I said. The time that you decide to take your work with God seriously, that is when your boss will call you and say that I'm giving you a new position now, but it's going to require that you work Sundays. They will call you and say, you know, this degree that you wanted to take, we are, we are ready to pay for it, but you can attend school on Sundays. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? I said there is something constantly that is ready to fight the fight, the faith that you hold. Something that's constantly fighting to keep you away from doing the things of God. Amen. Constantly. So it says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold, lay hold on it. It is being pulled away from you. Lay hold on it. Lay hold on it. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on it. 
Fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Amen. You realize that things are okay with you and your husband. Everything is okay. Now they, they, they make you a pastor. That is when fights come in. Oh, now the church is doing too much. They're taking you here. They're doing this. They, it's too much. It's too much. Yes. They have made you a, a shepherd. Oh, now every time you have to drive to visit someone, it's too much. We are using too much money for gas. The time that you decide to take your walk with God seriously, that is when people in the church begin to fight you. You wouldn't even want to come to church. Amen. Hallelujah. We talk about Joseph. We read about Joseph. And we said, God gave him promises. Look, the promises that God has given us, we have to fight to keep the promises. God gave him promise. God said that God gave him dreams. Dreams that he was going to be a great ruler. To rule over his people, even. And the moment he shared a dream with his brothers, the enemy began. The enemy began attacking him. Attacking him. Put him in a trench. Sold him into slavery. But the Lord was with him. The man was keeping hold on the faith. Keeping hold on the promises. His eyes were on God. He came into Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's wife tempted him. Dragging him into sin. And the man was still fighting. Now, any time you realize that, you see, as you are, you, you, you are fight, fighting this fight and bringing yourself in the center so that the enemy will not get you on the side, you realize that the enemy will come even in the center to cause certain harassment within the center so that you will be brought out to the periphery. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So you say, now I'm taking my work with God seriously. Now I, 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 I have become a shepherd. I am attending shepherd's meeting. You know, I am taking exams in the church. I am becoming something. I am doing this. I am getting on this program. I am doing this. I am doing this in church. After church, I am staying and I am doing this. That is when the offense begins. Because now you are in the middle and the enemy cannot get you. Do you understand? The group has surrounded you. Everyone is around you. Turning point is around you. Prayer meetings. Tuesday services, Wednesday services, Sunday you are there. Everything is, so you see, he cannot get you. He can't get you. So the only way he can get you to come out so that you'll be separated for him to devour you is to bring offense. Stir up offense in the middle. And then when the offense comes, you see yourself now pulling back slowly. Now you see that you are sitting in church, you don't say amen. You don't, you don't clap. You don't laugh. Everybody's laughing, and then what you are saying is what is funny. You see, nothing is funny to you anymore. Do you understand? And then you, you change to, I, I am telling you something practical that happens to people. And then you begin to change from every service to Sunday and midweek. Sunday and midweek. Sunday and midweek. Then you change to Sunday only. Sunday only, and then you are getting periphery, and then Sunday, every other Sunday, every other Sunday, and then, and then you are going periphery, you are going out, going out, out, and by the time you realize, the enemy will just pounce on you, like this. Yes, he will just pounce on you. 
I'm not coming anymore. Oh, I'll come next week. I'll come this week. That is how the enemy gets you. He will pounce on you because he wants to take you back where you were. But the Bible says, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. Lay hold, lay hold. It is your life. Fight the good fight. Look, don't look at anyone that is around you. We stand before God alone. Not even as a couple. Not even as a couple. (laughs) I am fighting my fight. Amen. I'm fighting my fight. Hallelujah. So never, never, you see, so never, never allow things that are around you. Never allow people who are around you, people, circumstances that you see, never allow them. Never allow them to drive your faith away from you. Never allow them. People that are around you. Don't allow anyone that is around you. Scripture says, it says, your focus must be on the author and the finisher of your what? Of your what? Who is the author? He is the author and the what? The finisher. As long as your eyes are on him. As long as your eyes are on him. As long as your eyes are on him, you stay afloat. You stay afloat. As long as Peter's eyes were on Jesus. As long as his eyes were on the one who authored him to begin to walk. And walk on the ocean and walk on the sea. As long as Peter's eyes were on him, he was floating and he was coming and he was safe and he was coming. And not looking at the storms, not looking at the offenses, not looking at the people that are around, not looking at the things that they are doing, not looking at what they are trying to get into you, not looking at, but keeping your focus on the altar and the finisher, you will stay afloat. But the moment you begin to look at them, the moment you keep your eyes on the storms, you will go down. I say you will go down. Amen. You will go down. Hallelujah. Joseph, his eyes were on God. His eyes were on God. The Bible says that God was with him. God was with him. You know, God has a way of doing things, I tell you. Sometimes you feel, sometimes you feel that, you know, God, looking at Joseph, God was preparing him to be a great leader. Preparing him to be a great leader. In Potiphar's house, God made him, God began his leadership to learn leadership skills. How to manage the people, how to manage schedules, how to manage workers, how to assign them to do work. And then they took him to prison and it's as if the enemy has gotten you now. You see, because when the enemy brings you to a place, he's bringing you to a place where your circumstances will tell you that there is no promises There is no good thing happening to you. Where you are right now, you should forget about the promises. You should forget about the thing that you are expecting to receive from God. Where you are right now, you can't see any good thing coming out of where you are. But keep your eyes on Christ. I say keep your eyes on Jesus. His eyes were on God. And even when he was in prison, he kept his focus on God. And even in prison, they made him the leader of the prisoners. The leader. Continue to learn the skills. As long as your eyes are on God. Continue. Hallelujah. Never look. Look, the scripture says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Always walk by faith and not by sight. 
Don't look at the things that are around you. But keep your focus on the author and the finisher of your faith. Hallelujah. And you will stay afloat. You will continue to float. Amen. You will continue to float. Hallelujah. Let's read the scripture in Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. I think we are at where we left off. Genesis chapter 15, 13, and verse 8. Or let's read from verse 7. Amen. The Bible says, And there was a strife between the headsman of Abram's cattle and the headsman of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanites and the Perizzites dwelled then in the land. Now you see, Abraham is someone that God has given promises to. He's someone that God has said, just follow me and I'll make you a great nation. And I'll bless you that your, your life will be a blessing to many nations. You see, he had this promise. God has given him this promise. Now, no matter what promise God gives you, you have to fight to keep that promise. No matter what is prophesied over your life, they are prophesied that you will marry a rich man. They are prophesied that you will marry um, a beautiful woman who is rich, who comes from a rich family, and who has inherited millions. Amen. Amen. But you have to fight to keep the faith. Hallelujah. You see, some of you, you are interested in the prophecies. But you are not interested in fighting to keep the faith. You are interested in the laying hand of, on you and pouring oil on you. But you are not interested. You see, that is why, that is why you attend all, every meeting where they are pouring oil. But when we say we are praying, you won't come. When we are having a service where we are teaching you about things like this, you won't come. But when we say that there's a prophet in town, he's going to anoint us with oil, you are there. Now I'm telling you that no matter how many promises or prophecies that are prophesied over your life, if you don't fight to keep the promises, you will lose them. You will lose them. Amen. You will lose them. Was it not Jesus who told Peter to walk on the ocean? If Peter did not resist, fight the storms that are on the sides, if he did not resist and keep his eye on Jesus, he would sink. And that is what he did. Amen. You have to stay. Look, when the, when the, when the Lord parted the oceans for the people of Israel, can you imagine? Can you imagine? How many of you have seen the, the death of the ocean before? At least, maybe in a movie. Amen. So, you see, it's very far. And so, if God parts the ocean, you can expect a mountain of water on this side 
and a mountain of water on that side. A mountain as high as the depth of the ocean. Do you understand? That they are walking on. Now, they are walking on the mountain, on the dry land. Their focus is on the dry land. If they look at what is there, it's, impos it's, it's impossible. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? If you are focusing on what is on your side, if you are focusing on this, the, the mountain of water that is on the side, you will not get in. But if you, have, if you can focus on the dry land and see that God has parted this dry land, you can walk on it. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Then you can walk on it. But if you are looking at the storms, you are looking at the mountain, you will not get in. You will not get in. Hallelujah. So promises have been made to Abraham. Now the Bible says, and Abraham said unto Lot, you see, so now, it says there was a strife between Abraham's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. They were fighting over the land where there is grass. Lot's herdsmen were fighting Abraham's fight, herdsmen to take over the grass. So they were fighting. So Abraham said unto Lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my headsmen and thy headsmen, for we are brethren. It's not the whole land before thee. Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If thou depart to the right hand, then I'll go to the left. Now, this is a person who is going by faith. And it does not matter which direction he's taking. As far as he is concerned, whatever direction he takes, he knows that the God who is leading him, he has promises. And that is what he's going by. He's going by the promises. So he says, it doesn't matter. Look at the whole land that is before us. If you take the left, I will take the right. If you take the north, I will take the south. If you take the east, I will take the west. It doesn't matter which one you take. I will take the opposite. And he knows that the promises that have been made for him, it does not matter because the God who took him out of his own land, he said that follow me and I will take you to a land that you don't even know. And he was just leading him. So he, as far as he's concerned, no matter where he's going, you know, a lot of times some of you, you hear of something here and then you are going. You hear that, oh, there is a prophet in, um, and then you are, you are traveling. There's a prophet in Virginia, and then you are going. You say that, oh, I hear that there, is, there are jobs in Wisconsin, and then you are going. I hear that now they are giving papers in Connecticut, and then you are moving. So, you see, you are moving, but you see, if you, if you are fighting the good fight, God, is, God has promised you, that you will, you will prosper. Amen. And so fight on to hold on to the word of God. That he says, I wish above everything, I wish above all else, that thou mayest prosper. That is the top of my priority, that you prosper. And that is what you have to fight to keep that promise. Amen. So he says, and Lot lifted up his eyes. Now this is a man who goes by sight and not by faith. I'm teaching you something. Yes. He says, and Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plains of Jordan that it was well watered. Everywhere was well watered. 
before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zohar. He saw that it was well watered. Look, it does not matter where you live. You will live right here in New York. You will prosper. I say you live right here in New York. You will prosper. It does not matter where you live. It, you will live on Grand Concourse. You will prosper. I say you will live on 167th Street. You will prosper. It does not matter where you... He said that you take the right, I will take the left. It doesn't matter to me. You take the north, I will take the south. Take the east, I will take the west. Now look. He says, and Lord, he says, and Lord lifted his eyes and beheld the plains. He looked at where now there's electricity. There's nice buildings. There are rich neighbors. There are good houses. There are, I heard that jobs are here. That is where it is flowing. That is where everyone is going. Then Lord chose him all the plains of Jordan. Listen. And Lord journeyed east. And they separated themselves, the one from another. Lord journeyed where? East. He took all the plains of Jordan and he journeyed east. And they separated themselves. And the Bible says, Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan. And Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Look, when you go by sight, you will lose your faith. As long as Lot was with Abraham, he was okay. Now that he is going by sight, he is losing his faith. Beloved, we do not walk by sight. We walk by faith. We, our eyes are on the altar. So he says, and the Lord said unto Abraham, listen to this. After that, Lot was separated from him. Now this is another thing that you also have to pay attention to. He says, and the Lord said to Abraham, after that, the, the Lot was separated from him. Now there are some people that need to be separated from you. Hallelujah. There are certain promises that God has for you and they will only come to part when certain people are separated from you. He says, and the Lord said unto Abraham, after that Lot was, these promises, these things that the Lord was going to do, he did not do them until Lot was separated from him. Amen. Amen. There are certain lives that you need to separate yourselves from. There are certain people you will not receive the promises of God as long as you are with them. Amen. Amen. I say, there are certain things you cannot do as long as, you know, there are certain people as long as you are with them, you will not even grow spiritually. I'm telling you. Some of you, you are pastors and lady pastors sitting here. But there are certain people, certain people, certain ministration that you receive, certain people you need to separate yourself from. He says, and the Lord said unto Abraham, after that Lord was separated from him. He says, now, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Can you lift up your eyes? That's it. He says, now, lift up your eyes. And look from the place where thou art northward. Listen very carefully. He says, where you are standing, just lift up your eyes. And look at the place northward. And where? Southward. And where? Eastward. And where? Westward. Where did Lot go? Eastward. 
I'm teaching you something. He says, just lift up your eyes. You just look. He says, you go. Take south, I will take north. Take east, I will take west. Now the Lord said to Abraham, he says, lift up your eyes and look northward and southward, eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee I will give it and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, including the east and including the west, including where Lot went. Walk through it and walk back, back and forth. For I will give it unto thee. Amen. Amen. And then Abraham removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Look not at what you see. Look not at what you see. Some of you, you are making decisions even to marry. Look not at what you see. Don't look at the makeups. Don't look at the body shapes. You know, when brothers are interested in a woman, the first thing they are interested in is the person, the person's looks. True or not true? Yeah. You don't care how spiritual. I, I, it just amazes me when brothers are choosing a wife or sisters are choosing a husband, they don't look at anything spiritual about the person. They say, he's fine. He looks well. He's nice looking. He dresses nicely. He's tall. He's broad chested. He has six packs. Listen, six packs. They are six packs today. Do you understand? They are six packs today. Very soon, very soon, very soon, it will not be six packs. And no, no, no. Why do they choose that? And no, no, Six packs. That is what is attracting you. You don't think far. You don't think too far. Amen. I don't think madness. Ah, six packs, six packs. I am going to live with you all of my life. And then you come, he says, till death do us part. And all your mind is on the six packs. And no namen chasen. That's six packs. The moment you marry, six months, you see that it's now two packs. One here, one there. And then in one year, two years, it is one pack. You don't think madness. You don't think too far. And that is what your decision is. You go by sight. You don't pray about it. Brothers come to me. Oh, I'm interested in this one. Sisters, I'm... And you don't pray. Nothing. You are looking at breast. Breast. That breast. And that is the decision. You are making a decision because when they are doing praise and worship... Praise 
Kalashnikov. That is the decision. That is that is what that is what you are based on. What a shock. What a shock. Beloved, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The author and the finisher of our faith. The author and the finisher of our faith. Our time is up. Stand to your feet. We will continue. Next time we meet. Stand to your feet. Looking unto Jesus. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Fight a good fight of faith. Fight a good fight of faith. Fight a good fight of faith. It says, lay hold, lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. Beloved, it's a fight. It's a fight. It's a relentless fight. It's a relentless fight. Every resistance, every opposition that you experience, it is an effort to take that faith from you. It is an effort. Every offense that you experience in a church, any decision, anything that comes that makes you want to make a decision to stop doing what you are doing, it is an effort to take the faith from you. It is an effort to take the faith from you. I fix my eyes on you, oh, yes. Lord. I lay my burdens oh, yes. down. It says your enemy, like the roaring lion, going to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. He's seeking someone to devour. He cannot devour everyone, but there are some people that he can devour. Who can the enemy devour? Let's go to the place, we move on from your house. Let's go to the place, we move on from your house.
afternoon you say I want to give my life to Jesus if that is your prayer with all eyes closed and every head bowed wherever you are maybe somebody invited you to church maybe this is the first time you are here or maybe you feel very far from Christ you feel that as you stand right now if Christ were to come or if you were to call you you are not sure of where you're going. But this evening, you can make that salvation sure. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? Oh, this offer is being made to you at this special moment. You want to give your life to Jesus? Father, we are thankful and we are grateful for the gift of salvation. We pray, oh God, that nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Father, let not our circumstances take us away from you. Father, let not offenses, offenses that we experience in the church take us away from you. But Lord, help us to stay afloat. Help us to stay focused. Help us to keep our eyes on you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We are grateful for the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus as you take your seats? And you are here with your... We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email 
at lci.bronx at gmail.com.